CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, everybody. How's it going? We are live. Ben, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. You know, I don't, I, I don't say that to you enough. Happy Friday. How about that? <laughs> happy Friday. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, what a week it was. Later, Lollapalooza. How about, I love your uh, Lollapalite foot. I've been using that line, by the way, a lot. And people, oh my God, it's funny. <laughs> and sometimes I give you credit for it. Sometimes oh, I you know, that's <laughs> all I can ask is that sometimes. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, before we get going into our uh, weekly review, uh, how about that Jimmy Dore interview yesterday, huh? Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Dore, man, he's like a a, a, a a boulder going down a hill. Once he gets going, I'm like, but buddy, goes, let me finish my point. Okay, okay. By the way, you folks didn't know the Jimmy Dore interview. He's wearing sunglasses. Okay, you're gonna mention okay. that. I want, well, man, I'm gonna put on some sunglasses when I do this show. <laughs> right? Dave, there's a new dress code in the Ben Jarowski show. Okay. We're all wearing sunglasses from now on. I can do that. I can do that. The bu- I hit my buttons and they're all off. Like, oh man, I, <laughs> these sunglasses, I can't see shit. But no, that Jimmy Dore interview, guys, check it out. It was like a, a weird dream, that, that that interview. The more I just think about it, like I think I've had like dreams about that where Ben and Jimmy Dore just debating and yelling at each other. That's yeah, kind of yeah. what happened. It was good times. <laughs> it was fun. I told him, you know, thank you. It was... Uh... I, I would say that I don't agree about 90% of what Jimmy Dore says, but the 10% that I do agree a lot. I do agree a lot with him. Uh, and, uh, you know, I try to let my guests get their say, so I had to let him get his say in. Uh, but uh, it was, it was. I, I thought it was fun. I, I thought my attitude about it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun to just start yelling at a guest. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. It, like I said, it was like a weird, a weird experience. Go check it out. It was really cool. Uh, if Harold Washington heated debates in super gigantic F-bombs is your thing, <laughs> you have to check out our interview with the one, the only. Jimmy, Jimmy and how about when he, in the middle of the interview, he goes, oh, someone's at the door and he gets up to go to the door. Yeah. Hey, wait! We've you done do worse. That to Tucker Carlson. We, hey, wait! Yeah, yeah, we've done worse, dude. <laughs> no, dude, we've done way worse, Jimmy. Oh, Dorn, looks like our uh, uh, we're getting five minutes left on our free uh, Google Meet <laughs> app. We'll call you back. Yeah. Uh, trust that's nothing. No, it's nothing, and it does. Since we're going down this road, let me say it's not even in the top five of interesting moves by guests. No, I'd say number one would be our dear friend Pat Whalen, just in the middle of an interview, getting up, <laughs> feeding his dog. <laughs> was it oh with the dog or was it the cat? It was a dog. He was feeding his dog and still talking, <laughs> like yeah, like he like giving the interview while feeding his dog. You're like. I, I know, and I'm like, Pat, we can't hear you. You're not, you're nowhere near your computer. And he, he, he's like, oh, I thought that blue chip thing was. Yeah, that was anyway, a wacky I would one. Say, yeah. I would say that Jimmy Dore uh, getting up to answer the door. Ooh, think about that day. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Dore answering the door. It's not even in the top five of 
Then there's the guys who are like, remember, what, what was it, Tommy Shuba? You were reminding me of, all of a sudden he just walks out of the. <laughs> oh, yeah, that Shuba interview. He's just like, oh, I ordered Jimmy John's. I don't know what. They like got up and went outside, smoked a cigarette. Like, all right, dude, we can hear all this. Sure, cool. <laughs> yeah, the guys are just like, why? Ah. Ah, what the hell? I'm gonna go. <laughs> it's the Zoom era, ladies and gentlemen, and people just do what they want. Anyway, yeah. So you're right. Jimmy Dore getting up to answer the door does not even rank in the top five of bizarre things that guests do in the middle of an interview. But it was a cool one. Go check it out. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jaroski. J O R A V is in victory. S K Y. Do you think Jimmy Dore will plug his interview with our show uh, on our show like we're plugging? Like we're plugging it? I don't. You know, I I, I wouldn't put money on Vegas in that D. <laughs> I've, I've learned, I've learned that uh, it's not a two way. I found love on a two way street. It's not a two way street, but whatever. That's okay, D. All right. You know, I'm sure he did that interview and then went on with his day and forgot all about it. They don't care. Here we are two days later, one day later, talking about it. By the way, today's Ben Jarofsky Show brought to you by Chicago Teachers Union, the Chicago Federation of Labor, SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what to smoke. It's true. Go check it out. Chicago Reader. And get columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. I'm going to ask him about his latest column a little later on in the show. But we got to get today's show going. And it starts now. It is Friday, August 6th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week It Was. Later, Lollapalooza. And now your host. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Erase the Tape Friday, and here's why. Yes, came to my attention today when I was talking to the young doctor uh, that there may have been a time in the midst of the pandemic, at the height of the pandemic, when I temporarily lost Boy, my Boy, I got to say, I think you're talking about me, and you're talking about the pandemic. Guys, I'm not a doctor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't listen to his advice Jeez. the pandemic. <laughs> I know I say it a lot, but boy, I really felt like I needed to put that in that one right there. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go back to the start. Uh, it came to it, it occurred to me I had a conversation with the young peach picker from Walton, Illinois, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know there was a moment in the middle of the pandemic <clears throat> where I may have temporarily lost my mind, Dennis. Yes, I may have temporarily lost my mind and said something to the effect that Andrew Cuomo should be our next president. No, I, I remember it. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you've only reminded me of it like three times. I think there's so. like recorded audio of you saying it. but Yeah, so that's why I to call today's show Erase the Tape, uh, thinking that the audio is tape. But I'm a boomer, all right, pe- people? Give me a break there. And so uh, Dennis will spend the weekend <laughs> going through back shows. Find... He'll find the episode where I said it, and he'll erase it, and it won't exist. And that little bit of embarrassment, D, will be... Oh, that is not happening. (laughs) No, let's keep it out there. Let's keep it out there and hope that somebody resurrects it. Maybe I'll get into, like, a feud with Jimmy Dore, and he'll go, this is that weirdo in Chicago criticizing me? Let's hear what he had to say. And they'll push the little button, you know, and they'll go, I like Andrew Cuomo. (laughs) 
So you know what, D? Let's just keep it there. Like any, either one of us was going to spend. But it may, I may have said it. So let me just say this, folks. I blame it on the pandemic. We're going to get into this in a little greater detail later in the news. We talk about governors of the state of Illinois and governors of New York. But I blame it on the pandemic. If I said it, and I probably did, I blame it on the pandemic. So it's the pandemic's fault. Without further ado, I will now <laughs> He suddenly woke up. Uh, without further ado, I will turn things over for, oh, what a week, to the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of George Walton, Illinois, the man they call P.P. down in Okay, Alton. no one calls me P.P. <laughs> oh, Peach Picker. I see what you're doing yeah. there. The Peach Picker with the news. <laughs> I actually did get pe- I went downstate over the weekend, and I did get a bag of peaches, for the record. For the, and we didn't even know. Let's give a shout out to another guest, uh, Jen Wallen. We didn't even know, or at least I didn't know, that peach picking was a thing that people did in Alton. Yeah, Jen Wallen came on the show last week, or was it the week before? I can't, who can remember? Anyway, she was talking about the Clean Energy Act. Great interview, by the way. And uh, she mentioned that she had just been downstate Alton and pe- picking peaches. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know you picked peaches in Alton. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, we just just picking peaches. You know what I mean? I didn't know it was a big deal. But yeah, uh, we got some uh, peaches downstate. Uh, not really near Alton. It was on our way out, headed towards Chicago. Uh, kind of a dicey feller that sold, a, <laughs> sold us the peaches. <laughs> but hey, whatever. He had like two <laughs> teeth. But hey, it's cool, you know? Uh, so obviously, if Dennis saw that he only had two teeth, he was not wearing a mask. No, yeah, so. yeah. The mask is the last thing on that man's mind. <laughs> so, Peach fella down in Altman, if you're listening, or I know you are, because who who doesn't listen to our show in Alton or near Alton, around Alton, uh, get that mask on. <laughs> Yeah, great question, Fio, on the live stream chat. Will Ben ever get the name of this weekly segment right? I don't think so. I really don't. It's kind of a, it's kind of a thing now. I kind of like it. It's kind of funny. It's it's always funny when just my just inabilities become a thing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's a gag. Let's just pretend it's a thing that I do, as opposed to something I can't do. Isn't that better, D? Oh, what a week it was. Oh, yeah. What did I say? Oh, what a week. Oh, what a week. <laughs> oh, what a night. Maybe we should just oh. call it, oh, what a week. I don't know. And by the way, it's Dennis, not PP, not Dr., not Dr. <laughs> D. All right. Uh, ben, hey, it's the week after Lollapalooza. We made it. Yeah. Or did we? I guess we'll know after 14 days. Or, or hold on. Is waiting 14 days still a thing? I don't know. But more on Lollapalooza later. Oh, and don't worry, Illinois crop junkies. Your weekly crop report. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be coming, coming up. It's coming up, all right? For some reason, our live stream chat room loves that damn crop report. But first, let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois, and we begin with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Big problems become big problems <laughs> when you let small problems sit. So true, bro. Oh, God. You know, it gets even truer every day. <laughs> first off. We learned this week that the governor didn't go to Lollapalooza after all. I guess he realized how bad the optics would look on that one. Uh, Either that or he realized it was Miley Cyrus performing and not Billy Ray Cyrus. And he said, the hell with this. By the way, that is a very good line. And I am definitely going to steal it and not give you any credit for it. Continue. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) Excellent. But hey. I'd say it's a good thing he didn't attend because COVID-19 cases are back on the rise again. So, yeah, would have been like really bad optics. This week, uh, Illinois hit 
its highest daily total of cases since May. And now we're back to making mandates. Pritzker announced a school mask mandate for preschool through 12th grade students and staff. Masks also are required in long-term care facilities. Governor Pritzker, what's your goal here? My goal has always been to safely bring all kids back into the classroom at the start of the school year and, crucially, to keep them there. Without these measures, we would likely see many more outbreaks than in the latter half of the last school year. So what will be required? Face coverings will be required for all indoor recreation, whereas outdoor, where transmission risks and rates are lower, athletes and coaches will not be required to mask. We will continue to encourage school districts to make sure their athletes are tested regularly to catch any potential outbreaks early. Wow. Well, this is, I uh, like to say, D, is the, uh, what is this, the post-post-pandemic era? Remember, there was the pandemic, then there was the post-pandemic. Remember, no more masks. Hey, hey, let's go to barbecues and baseball games and large outings. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Delta variant emerged. And uh, bit by bit by bit, we come a little closer back to masks and mandates. And here we are. Uh, and I, I don't know how he's going to enforce this. Uh, you know, that, I mean, it's one thing that's Chicago or Evanston or I don't know, Oak Park, what have you, Cook County in general, uh, where people are more or less in agreement with the notion that we need masks to protect us. It's another thing downstate where a lot of anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, MAGA folks live who want nothing to do with it. So, D, I don't know how he's going to enforce this. I don't know who's going to get punished if they violate this rule. Will you punish the kid? Will you punish the, par- punish the parent, the teacher? I have no idea. Um, and I, I don't know what the hell else Pritzker's supposed to do. The reality is we're in a pandemic, and uh, the pandemic never ended. <clears throat> But we don't want to recognize we're in a pandemic. Uh, and I'm sure that even uh, people like Pritzker want to move on, particularly as he heads into an election season, D. He does not want to head, head into election season with lawsuits and rebellion from uh, the MAGA folks. On the other hand, he's the governor. He's supposed to be looking out uh, for our, our larger interests. So this is a really tough one for Pritzker. I will tell you this. People in Chicago at this moment have not really jumped aboard the mask uh, mandate mission, if you will. And I'll give you a personal anecdote. Uh, last night, I went to the White Sox game. And to get to the White Sox game, I uh, took rode the CTA uh, down to uh, 35th Street. And I got to tell you, folks, when I got off the train, walking down the platform, uh, I was <laughs> pretty much the only guy still wearing a mask. Um, Adolfo, who I went to the game with, and I were the only guys wearing a mask as we went into the the stadium. And uh, there was a scene on the uh, uh, on the LD, I didn't tell you about this, where um, this man got on with his family, and he wasn't wearing a mask. And at the next stop, a mother came on with her kid, who was I don't know four or something, three, probably three. Uh, and the kid was in a uh, a chair, the stroller, so it was probably three or two. I don't know. Anyway, and the kid had a mask, and she looked at this man who was sitting here without a mask, and the kid says, why aren't you wearing a mask to the man? Like, like, totally, like only a three-year-old would get away with that. Yeah. 
And, you know, everybody else was just ignoring the man. You know what I mean? And the guy goes, oh, sorry, little man. That's what he called him. You're right. And he took his mask. He had a mask and he put it on. I'm like, what? why weren't you wearing a mask? In the then the kid leaves the train and the guy goes, see you, little man. And when the kid leaves the train, he takes the mask off. I'm like, and of course, nobody says a word. The, you know, you don't want to get into it with some weirdo on the train. The whole thing was so weird. You know, out of the mouth of babes. That little kid, why aren't you wearing a mask? And the guy goes, oh, you're right. So translate that to Pritzker trying to get the state to fall in line. with. Good luck with that one, Dean. You'll be our downstate reporter from time to time. Uh, you'll be stopping in at schools to see if the people are where the kids are really wearing their masks. And, yeah, I'm going uh, to schools. <laughs> this update brought to you by Peaches. <laughs> Can you see Dennis? Hello, I'm here from the Ben Jarosky Show, uh, a podcast in Chicago. Usually I'm in my apartment, but today I happen to be in Alton. Uh, are the kids wearing masks? I'll bail you out when they arrest you, D. Thank you. Thank you. The governor also instituted a vaccine mandate for some state workers. By and large, residents of these state-run facilities have done what they can do to protect themselves by getting vaccinated. And yet many of the long-term care facilities employees have themselves not been vaccinated. Is that it? Okay. All right. Well, moving on. They We're run go- oh, the risk okay. of carrying the virus into work with them. And then it's the residents who are ending up seriously sick, hospitalized, or worse. It's a breach of safety. It's fundamentally wrong. And in Illinois, it's going to stop. Yes. Come on, home care workers. You got to know better. You're on the front lines. I don't know, D. I remember early on in the uh, in the pandemic. Remember there was a, sp- a special... Um, was it, I, I think it was uh, in March. It's, man, it seems like another century uh, where they were giving tribute to frontline workers, doctors, nurses, etc. And I think all the talk show hosts did it in a collaboration. We talked about it on the show. Uh, obviously, it was uh, virtual uh, and a great outpouring of support for uh, frontline workers, as there should be, because they were really exposed. And now it turns out that. Uh, I don't know. A number of them don't get the shot. I, I, D, I, if anybody should be mandated to get the shot, it should be somebody in a situation like that. And if you, I, if you don't want to get the shot, if you don't believe in the, like the, the doctors and the nurses that you're working for, well, maybe you should get a new job. That's what I say. Hard take from Ben Jarosky on the Ben Jarosky I'm tough show. in my attic, okay? <laughs> my goodness, you're like a modern-day Donahue. You have to be the governor who implements it. Can you imagine me? Governor Tough Guy. You're getting that shot or you're fired. Oh, Governor Tough Guy. That's Cuomo, right? All right. Uh, well, it didn't take long. The governor got some pushback on this. It looks like the Illinois Fraternal Order of Police is opposed to Governor Pritzker's vaccine requirement, calling the mandate vaccine shaming for public employees. Scott Ward, the president of the FOP Corrections Lodge 263, not John Katzenzer, which includes some employees in the state's departments of corrections and juvenile justice, said in a statement late Thursday, the group isn't opposed to the vaccine, but, quote, we are opposed to being forced to take it. Yes, this is the new line. Vaccine shaming. Man, the police officers are taking a line from the left. Shaming is like a left thing. Ben, don't vote or shame. 
Ben, don't generation. I mean, how many people have accused me of voter shaming? That's like they are, you know, when I make fun of Chicago voters for electing Rahm Emanuel. Heck of a job, Chicago voters. Or when some of my listeners make fun of me or for voting for Lori Lightfoot. Heck of a job, Ben. It's called voter shaming. We're not supposed to do it. You know, Jimmy Dore was on the show yesterday telling me not to voter shame MAGA voters. Not supposed to do it. You okay. know, I, I've never thought about that, but yeah, like you always do the vote shame thing. You try not to, always. but you do. But you voted for Lightfoot. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. What the hell? I don't know. Up is down. Down is up. <laughs> <laughs> I blame it on the, what can I blame it on? The pizza. When, when was my choice? Tony Preckwinkle? <laughs> At the time, I thought she got me fired, D. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to vote for her. <laughs> and then all my progressive friends. Man, you really got to vote for Tony Preckwinkle. She's wonderful. She walks on water. Man, you guys, you got taken. Come on, progressive friends. Acknowledge you were taken. Okay? Come on, admit it. Just admit it. I think, I think we can all get together and just say we were all taken, right? Yeah, yeah we were all taken. <laughs> we didn't really have a heck of a choice. Really didn't have a heck of a choice. Troy LaRavier decided not to run. That was my guy. Decided not to run, D. So um, we were stuck with Lori Lightfoot versus Tony Prickwinkle. Yes, Jay Marie, make fun of me. Some of my other listeners routinely make fun of me for having voted for Lori Lightfoot. Not once, but twice, D. And boy, Not I tell you, if that uh, City So Real documentary would have came out later, like during the uh, the whole campaign, boy, that uh, Neil Salas Griffin would have had a shot. He, a lot of people just don't know know about him. He's a good guy. Good you fella. know what? I, I, I should have voted for him, but that was first round. That would have been first round. Because, uh, yeah, I hear a lot of compassion. He he really came off well in the documentary. Uh, so he said, Absolutely. And then he came on the show. God bless him. Did a great job. But um, we should bring him back to mental note. Mental note. Ben. Yeah. Bring Neil back. Like, um, good yeah, call. there were some <clears throat> good people running in that first round. The second round, though, second round, I had a choice. And I could have done what one voter I know did. Not vote at all in the mayor's race, but vote uh, in the alderman, aldermanic runoff race. One voter I know did that. And I'm like, envy. Yeah, this is the other thing I have. Voter shaming, there's voter envy. And we talk about this all the time. I have voter envy for Dennis. Oh, yeah. For his one time. Yeah. diver. Yeah, yeah. I voter, I voter envy for Dennis. I voted for Biss, yawn. And Dennis voted for Bob <laughs> Diver, cool guy from downstate. He's Boy, so we're uncool. never He's getting cool. Dan Biss on this show. Yawn. No. <laughs> well, we got to get down to business. Man. It's Hell so yeah. predictable. You know. Uh, and, uh, well, again, I was really voting for Latisa Wallace, his running mate. But, um, yeah, I, so there's voter envy and voter shame. And I voter envy for Dennis. There, I voter envy for you on another one. I can't remember. It'll come to me. Or you voted for somebody. I'm like, God, I wish I voted for that guy. <laughs> uh, but anyway. I don't know how we got off onto this. Uh, oh, the cop. He's uh, shaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vaccine shaming. And they always go, oh, this is the latest thing. Big fella was doing this. They're trotting out this new message. Uh, DB, uh, Darren Bailey, uh, rather affectionately known as Big Feller on this show. He's the uh, Republican gubernatorial candidate. You wouldn't know. Nobody who, only people who know about him are like far right people and listeners to our show. We're the only guy who pay attention to DB. Darren Bailey, the big feller. Huh. Oh, damn. <laughs> so his new thing, I like it. Like, I don't care if you get the vaccine. I don't care if you wear a mask. It's personal. 
If that's your choice, that's your choice. Well, see, guy, it really doesn't work that way. You know, it's like if you make that decision not to get the child or not to wear the mask, you're like kind of playing into the bad, the virus a little bit. No, it's personal. <laughs> you know, it's not like choosing whether I'm a White Sox fan or I'm a Cub fan, whether I'm a Bulls fan or a Lakers fan, whether I'm a Cardinals fan, like a certain Dr. D. I bleed, I bleed Cardinal red. And I really work that way, but that, 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 that it's personal choice. The same people are against abortion. Well, that's different, man. That's that's murder. Well, what 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 about the spreading a virus, a dangerous virus? Isn't that murder? Well, only for old people. Oh, I get you. So it's only because they're old. Now, young people are dying too. They're gonna have, they're gonna have to work on that one, Dean. The state FOP, which represents more than 34,000 active duty and retired police officers, is also opposed to a recent order from Illinois Secretary of State, Jesse White, that would require employees within that office who cannot provide proof of vaccination to submit a COVID-19 test every two weeks. All right. More bill signings. This week, Governor Pritzker also signed a package of legislation to expand access to feminine hygiene products. Menstrual products will be provided free of charge at shelters for homeless people and in campus bathrooms at public universities and community colleges. Uh, one word. Good. Behind it, 100 percent. Very curious how the, why, how the Republicans justify voting against it. Uh, and Oh, I know. It's a government mandate. Look, if you want to use menstrual products, fine. If you don't want to use them, that's fine, too. We should have liberties in our country. That's the Republican. All of a sudden, Republicans are outlet. Uh, I believe in liberty. So should you have the right to, I don't know, get on, go through the metal detector at an airport? Uh, not go through it if you don't want to with a bazooka? Just saying, Republicans. How much liberty do you want? Should you have the liberty to teach that slavery actually existed if you're a teacher in the state of Tennessee? Asking that question, Illinois Fraternal Order Police, how far do you take this liberty thing? Some things are just too dangerous, like teaching children that slavery existed. It'll make white children feel bad. Okay. So I'm getting it straight. Liberty, not to get the shot, but no liberty when it comes to teaching slavery. Pretty low-key, typical uh, governing kind of week for J.B. Pritzker. Unlike the governor of New York at the moment. What a sleaze, Andrew Cuomo. And again, it's true. I may, at one moment of ultimate weakness, said, ah, oh, what a great job he's doing. Boy, was I hoodwinked. Uh, and Dennis is dutifully, as I said, spending the weekend going back to find it so he can erase it. And you'll never know, <laughs> even though I just confessed. But... I never liked Andrew Cuomo as a governor. D. He was always uh, like he was Rahm Emanuel of New York, and he was always pushing my beloved Democratic Party further right and then mocking people like me and taunting people like me uh, and saying we're the reason the Democrats can't win. I would never have voted for him. He had a number of challengers in primaries who are lefties, and I would have voted for them. Uh, and I would have been one of like, 30% because he, he clobbered. He clobbered the opposition. And so many Democrats in New York bought into the notion that this is the kind of Democrat you need to win elections and govern responsibly. And uh, in many ways, New York was uh, behind the times on so many issues because of uh, Cuomo. 
And then he had that moment in the pandemic where he would be hosting those daily shows. And that's, I got caught up in it. Oh, he's doing a good job, particularly in contrast to Trump. And he's open about this and talking about the, the stress and the strain that the, uh, the lockdown is having on him. His Emmy like, award winning. Daily. Yeah, but, but then I woke up. I was only under the influence for, in my defense, feeble though it is, it was only about a week. When I heard he won the Emmy, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh, you should have heard J.B. Pritz. You're oh, come on, mine are way better. <laughs> I mean, come on. And so I very soon went back to bashing Cuomo. But this, these allegations of sexual harassment are just so outrageous, and his defense is so pathetic. Well, that's just how I am. That's the kind of guy I am. I'm a touchy-feely kind of guy. And then he's like counterattacking. There was a great column, and I think this. Uh, I think you're going to talk about it. Uh, my column about Lori Lightfoot, but there's a great column in the New York Times that I just read by uh, Janiah Belafonte, I think her name is. She writes about politics for the New York Times and about how the day of the tough guy Democrat is over in New York. And he, Cuomo was very much the tough guy mold. And I've been thinking about that a lot in Chicago because in Chicago we love tough mayors. <laughs> and uh, I'm not so certain that... This is the end of tough guy politics. I think Americans are infatuated with toughness. Uh, and they, and if you're nice, like they, people see that as a weakness. So I'm not sure I buy her thesis that uh, Cuomo's downfall is the uh, end of tough guy uh, politics. But I do like the fact that she's at least confronting New York voters with the error of their ways. And you know what? If New York voters are anything like Chicago voters, D, they'll pretend they had nothing to do with it. You know, the Chicago voters are like, well, I, you know, what was my choice? <laughs> I, you know, I just did that myself. Well, D, you, when Dennis called me out for vote for Lori Lightfoot, he go, I go, well, what was my choice? I've been in Chicago so long, I'm starting to talk like a Chicago. You could have voted for no one. Yes, I could have left it blank. So, um, anyway. I think New York voters should look in the mirror and wonder what it was it about Andrew Cuomo that they love so much. The guy was against legalizing reefer for years. It's a gateway drug. Well, it's like the daily effect, right? Uh-oh. You know, the daily's family. The last guy was, you know what I mean? The Cuomo oh, family. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because his dad, Mario Cuomo, was yeah. the governor. So, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a good point. Voters in New York, they see the name Cuomo. I can't help myself vote. (laughs) Chicago voters, they see that name daily. I am going to vote for it. I am going to vote for it. I am a Chicagoan. Daily, daily, daily. (laughs) You're right, D. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. So, you know, New York voters, I know you think you're so smart and sophisticated. Read the New York Times. You know, study all the issues. Look who you voted for. Okay? Look who you voted for in New York. Uh Uh-oh, D. You know what I'm doing? I'm shaming voters. Oh, boy. Here we go. Wasn't I told not to shame? I'm shaming voters. Don't tell Miles Kampf Lassen. I'm shaming voters. Right? And uh, don't tell Micah. He gets really mad at me. Oh, man. Oh, hey. Hey. That's shaming voters. (laughs) 
don't shame voters. Leonard Goodman gets mad at me. All that whole in these times crowd gets mad at me whenever I, yeah, like, she, any voter that I disagree with. Voters are sacrosanct. Not supposed to insult the voters. It's the politicians who are bad, but the voters are good. That's the twist you're supposed to take. That's what Jimmy was saying. Remember? Well, Megan, they're really good people. <laughs> Look who they voted for, Jimmy. No. Oh. I'm going to put my sunglasses on and talk about AOC. Just kidding. All right. Well, we'd like to have him back. So, uh, no, all right. From- I'm going to put my sunglasses on when he comes back. <laughs> all right. From Illinois governors present to Illinois governors past. Yay for our teachers. Yay for our teachers. No, not that one. It's been a long time since I've shaved with a normal razor. And uh, yeah. it takes a little practice. I'm sorry about that. I got to keep dabbing the. So I have to apologize for his tardiness. He couldn't find where I put his socks this morning. <laughs> ah, that one, yeah, there he is. <laughs> Former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich made the news this week. Nearly a year and a half after the former Illinois governor and convicted felon was freed from federal prison after serving eight years for corruption, Blagojevich wants the door reopened to run for statewide office again. Blagojevich told ABC7 Chicago that he will file a lawsuit against the state of Illinois objecting to the way he was removed as governor and challenging the prohibition against his running for state elective office. He claims the methods used against him by the General Assembly violated his constitutional rights. Uh, Blagojevich said he could legally run for president of the United States, but he can't run for alderman of the 33rd Ward. (laughs) What the hell, man? Blago says he has no actual interest in either position, uh, president or alderman, so why the hell are you doing Doing this, but that on Monday says he will go to the Dirksen Federal Courthouse in Chicago with a lawsuit alleging the legislative actions that now prevent him from running for statewide office were unconstitutional. Ben, I know you talked about it this week, but please indulge us. Uh, what does our former governor have up his sleeve here? And will we see a Blago for Alderman campaign coming soon to a neighborhood <laughs> near you? All right, let's all answer uh, first question first. What's up his sleeve? He wants to run for governor. We've been saying that D since the moment he got out of prison. He wants to run for governor, and he's going to run as a Republican, a Trumpocrat. And he will win the Republican primary if he's allowed to do so, because MAGA loves Bogoyevich. He was doing fundraising efforts in the last go around. And I urge him, run, Rodney, run, run, Rodney, run. I'm a Trump. I don't know if it, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's Rodney. I think it's just Rod, but I like calling him Rodney, like Dangerfield, one of the greatest comics of all time. I think you agree with me. No, absolutely. And, absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, D, I spent an hour, uh-oh, confession time. Oh, boy. <laughs> an hour watching old Richard Pryor YouTube clips. Oh, nice. The man, genius, 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 genius. Okay. Back to Rod Blagojevich. He wants to run for governor, and he would win. He would prevail. Yes, Republicans, you would vote for him. MAGA loves him. MAGA does whatever Donnie Trump says, and Donnie Trump let Blago out of prison because he thought that Blago was uh, unfairly prosecuted, unfairly persecuted, I should say, just like the feds were persecuting him, and the MAGA agrees. And so I, was just, I would love watching the Republicans – You know, the moderate Republicans, I have it in quotes, the old line Republicans, the existing Republicans who use Blago as their punching bag to try to figure out a way to deal with this. I've seen the light. I now like him. 
I like Bago. So that's what he's up to. I hope he prevails. Uh, as far as running for alderman, no. But I do want to point this out. And I really want to point this out because there's a lot of people, younger people don't know this stuff. So Republicans are always bashing the Chicago Democratic machine. That Democratic machine. That's what you have to say if you're a Republican. I'm running against the Democratic machine. And the Democratic machine really hasn't been the Democratic machine in a long, long time. But while they bash the Democratic machine and all their voters go, I'm going to vote against the Democratic machine. Sorry, voter shaming again. While they do that, they're always cutting deals with members of the Democratic machine. And so let me point out that the number one most popular person among MAGA in the state of Illinois, Rob Blagojevich, is the son-in-law of one Richard Mell, former Democratic committeeman and alderman from the 33rd Ward, and the epitome of a Democratic machine character. The epitome. Rob Blagojevich owes his entire political career to Richard Mell. He may not acknowledge that. He may not admit that, but it's true. So how are you going to deal with that, MAGA? That's your guy. <laughs> huh? Could be from Mel now. And as you know, Dennis, Richard Mel was the alderman of the 33rd Ward. He got tired of being alderman of the 33rd Ward, so he handed things off to his daughter, Deb Mel, who is Rob Blagojevich's sister. Oh, my God. And, yes. Oh, it's like a soap opera. <laughs> they learn. Wait a minute. These are machine people? <laughs> I like them, though, because he likes Trump. And so uh, Deb Mel lost in the last go-around, and now for 10 trivia points. Oh, good. Who defeated Deb Mel in the 2019 Aldermanic election? Young Dennis from Alton Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez. Excellent. Bing, 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 bing. By the way, we're bringing her on the show, I hope, next week. One of our favorite guests. So Deb so- Mel? No, Deb Mel. No, not Deb Mel. <laughs> it's good. That's funny. Uh, Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez, one of our favorite guests. Um, so anyway, I just don't think uh, Blago is going to run against Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez. But I wouldn't be surprised if one of Blago's old uh, allies in the Dick Mel organization does because they can't stand her. But Maga, you're welcome for that little history lesson that I gave you about... The uh, the roots, the political roots of the man you revere and are getting ready to vote for for a Republican uh, gubernatorial candidate, if he prevails in his case. Just letting you know things aren't what you think they are. Back to you, D. I'm a Trumpocrat. The Trumpocrats, that's right. Oh, what a weirdo. Blagojevich says his new lawsuit will accuse the state of an unconstitutional impeachment proceeding, claiming that he was not allowed to call and question witnesses or play all of the FBI undercover recordings, which we played on our show, uh, made during the corruption investigation. He also says his civil rights were violated when the Senate disqualified him from ever running for statewide office. And I tell you, the legal record Recreational Reefer License Lottery has produced some damn good content for this program. Seriously, we've been talking about this for literally a year now. This lottery was very shady when it started. Several complaints about how the lottery was rigged for really rich and not coincidental white people were getting all the licenses. Then there was a point there last week when it seemed like it was starting to get a bit more fair. More of the less fortunate or recently granted license all seemed to be right in the world of recreational marijuana, and we were ready to move on and talk about other issues. But... The following from the Chicago Sun-Times and Tommy Two Joint Shuba was released this week. 
Now that they have one lucrative licenses to open marijuana dispensaries, craft grow operations, and other related businesses, some could sell the licenses before ever opening up, potentially collecting millions. In the process, corporatized weed firms and other cash-rich buyers are now expected to go after the new licenses. Ricky Hendon, former state senator and one hell of a radio host, if you ask me, uh, he won a dispensary license in last week's lottery, and he just acknowledged he and other companies are now entertaining a host of proposals to sell to owners with deeper pockets. Ben, help us out. What the hell is happening here with these reefer licenses? And when is Ricky Hendon coming on the program to talk about it? Yeah, I got to bring Ricky back. Uh, I'll be going on vacation for a week, and I think I'll bring him back after that. Uh, I I need to talk politics with Ricky Hendon, one of my favorite uh, guests. You know that, D. Uh, Even if he did rewrite my script, but we're not going to go down that path. Oh, boy, please don't. Okay. So we've talked about this before. I'll talk. I'm mixed. I got I'm all over the map on this one. D. This is a famous all over the map one. On one hand, Ricky Hendon wants to sell that license for, I don't know, a couple million, three million, whatever it brings in. I don't know what it brings in. God bless you, Ricky Hendon. Ed, make a donation to the Ben Drafty show with your new uh, found fortune. Just saying. Uh, if um, <laughs> if that's what he wants to do, fine. On the other hand, I want companies run by black people. I want to promote black entrepreneurial wheeling and dealing. I, I, it's like, I, that, no, are you selling some rich white guy? Nothing's changed. I, see what I'm saying, D? I'm that way and I'm this way. This is America. If Ricky Hannon wants to sell his license for as much as the market can bear, it's America, D. He gets to do it. On the other hand, the whole point was that black guy's running these businesses. <laughs> So, I don't know what to do about this, D, except get stoned, which I don't do anymore. <laughs> oh, damn. What are you going to do then? I don't know. But you know what? A lot of people in the legal reefer business are really putting a lot of pressure on me to get high again. I'm just saying, I'm under a lot of pressure. And certain guys on my bowling team are put, I'm a, uh, giving me a lot of grief and pressure. And the, these new products aren't like the old ones. You can get some real subtle highs and some great buzzes. Hanging out with pushers. <laughs> so it's been a long time since I indulged. And um, But I like to go to a firm, buy it for, uh, a, my reefer from a firm owned by a black guy. Black people bore the greatest brunt in the war on drugs, which is the biggest freaking joke. It was a political movement intended to elect law and order Republicans. And uh, as Jimmy Dore pointed out, and I have to agree with him, it motivated some Democrats who should have known better, many Democrats who should have known better, to get all tough guy on locking people up. Uh, And uh, as a result, we have the crazy drug laws of the Clinton years. So this is like reparations of sort kind of irritates me that they go well let's broaden it to people of color like no it's black people that paid the price (laughs) whatever d i'm just some old guy in an attic with a microphone but i do believe that black people should get uh, a form of reparations from the war on drugs and if this is one way of doing it let's do it and if the reparation turns out to be a sale of the license to some rich guy and so a rich white guy ends up i'm like Ain't in America, John Mellencamp. Wait, I screwed that oh, up. John Mellencamp. I go. I call him Mellencougar Camp. Whoa. <laughs> Let's edit that out, D. Ain't that America? 
Ain't that America, you and me? And hey, what do you say we try and buy that license off Hendon and get Ben's bong din going? Well, Ricky, I have twenty dollars. Oh, start God. there. All right. <laughs> and Ricky be like, we we bring Ricky on the show. We'll start negotiating. Ricky, Dennis, and I. Hold on, D. Let's count it out. Uh, I got a quarter here. All right, that's twenty three dollars and. 32 cents. Where does that get us in the bargaining? Illinois recreational weed sales did hit a record high, uh, $128 million in July, helped by a late month boost from, well, hippies at Lollapalooza. (laughs) The blowout sales month up 10% from the previous high of $116.4 million in May, included four days of booming business at Chicago area cannabis dispensaries during the annual music festival, which returned to Grant Park last Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the rest. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? Remember when Mayor Lightfoot didn't want a a dispensary in downtown Chicago? Remember that day we Mm -hmm. talked about that a lot? Well, the tourists will be offended. People come from Iowa downtown. They'll see a a dispensary, and the little child will say, Daddy, what are they selling there? And Daddy will be embarrassed. We'll know how to deal with it. They'll never come back to Chicago again, so let's keep it out. As opposed to the tourists coming from Iowa to buy the legal reefer, you know, as opposed to that. Uh, so we cannot have these dispensaries downtown. That was pre-pandemic. Now downtown's desperate for anything. So I don't know if there's going to be opposition. But the irony of that is the reason we'll get to Lollapalooza in a little while. But one of the reasons you all know, folks, that they were insistent on having that Lollapalooza festival was because they wanted people to come to Chicago and buy the reefer. Well, Lollapalooza is Lala hypocrisy that's what they should call lala hypocrisy it's always been hypocritical when it comes to reefer they're always back in the day roms people and dailies people would police would be locking up black people for having possession of joints get thrown into jail meanwhile oh lalapalooza we're gonna look the uh, the collective other way well kids from every corner of illinois iowa and wisconsin pour into grand park to get high. Well, we're just going to look the other way at that. And so now the hypocrisy continues. No dispensary downtown. But let's keep Lollapalooza open in the middle of a pandemic because that'll encourage sales of legal reefer. Okay. <laughs> Lala hypocrisy. Is that the name of your next article in the Chicago yes. Reader? Yes. Yes. I'm writing it down right now so I don't forget it. Yeah, don't. Hold That's on. good. Oh, that, thank you. Uh, Hold on, everybody. This is real la la. Listen, it's a writer takes notes. How fascinating. Yes. Yes. It's fascinating. The mind and work of a writer. All right. And speaking. Well, go ahead. What? No, I was going to say what a a writer really does. What is it called, D, when you uh, put off until later? Procrastinate. Yes. That's the that's the mind of a writer. I am now going to procrastinate for the next three hours by watching <laughs> Richard Pryor no videos kidding. on YouTube. No kidding. All right, uh, let's move on. Oh, act. Let's talk about your latest column. Uh, what's the uh, the latest column that's up at ChicagoReader.com right now? Since we're talking, well, about- I should do a better job of promoting it, D, because I forgot to promote it. Yeah. Not that I do any promotion anyway, other than paste on Facebook. Uh, Lori Lightfoot. I predict she will be victorious when she runs for mayor again. Why do I say that? Because she has her narrative down, and her narrative is this, that she's tough. And that's what Chicago needs, a a tough mayor. And so Chicagoans love that. 
Love that, D. They eat that up like I eat up M&M's. Like, oh, last night we out and got the uh, fried shrimp after Adolfo and I, D. Oh, my God. There's a fried shrimp place. You ever been there, uh, Lawrence? It's, um, oh, it's right near me. Can- I, keep, I keep wanting to go. Oh, it's on Canal? Yeah, yeah it's right Lawrence's Fishery. Yeah, so we went there after the game, and uh, we got there a little late. It's open for twenty four hours, I think. But the the eating part of it, it was so we had we, were, uh, we had to go back in his uh, in his car. Man, we were I was so Chicago voters are like me with that shrimp, eating the fried shrimp. Adolfo and I throwing elbows to get that last shrimp. And uh, that's how you guys are when it comes to tough guy mayors. We like tough mayors. And so Mayor Lori Life, went on uh, the, the Kara Swisher podcast in the New York Times. I listened to it, D. We talked about it last week, but over the weekend, I actually listened to the whole interview. Oh, wow. And she was saying, I got to be tough. And if I have to insult people and rough them up a little bit, that's what I got to do because I'm tough. And the, the lady from the New York Times was like, yeah, sounds good to me. That's how you have to be. You got to be tough. And so uh, that was my uh, column. I predicted uh, Lori Life would win because uh, Chicagoans love a narrative of a tough guy mayor, uh, and they get that mayors excuse their excessive, their excesses. They excuse their rudeness. They excuse uh, their bully tactics as being tough. Somehow or other, being mean and nasty uh, to Jeanette Taylor, older woman Jeanette Taylor, is indication that she's standing up for Chicagoans. D, I don't know how you can make that leap in logic. I don't know how any Chicago voter would look at what Lori Lightfoot did to Jeanette Taylor and say, yeah, that's standing up to like developers who want billions of dollars to develop the north side of Chicago. You know, I don't know how anybody would do that, but. That's how it works in Chicago. So when I read, when I listened to that interview with Lori Lightfoot uh, on the New York Times podcast, I said to myself, she's going to win re-election day because she's got her narrative down pat and Chicagoans love it. And, you know, somehow or other, they're going to convince if they don't have a tough mayor, I'm going to lock you up and throw you in jail or whatever that thing is that she said with the guy in his car. The city will fall apart. So that's what I wrote about, D. All right. And uh, what are your thoughts uh, on that podcast? I mean, you listened to the entire thing. Uh, Did you take any notes, anything that maybe we could uh, learn from that show that maybe we can apply into this show? Anything? Well, you know, I have to say um, it's a very smoothly produced show. Mm. So I have to give her credit for that. Okay. Uh, Clearly, she's not doing it from... Uh, an attic okay. uh, right. and there's no train going by uh, and whoever her producer is is not in his apartment uh, <laughs> interesting in, interesting in, in uh, Pilsen or wherever you live these days hmm. and uh, and she clearly does not have to worry about Google Meet sending out a, we're gonna cut you off notices so you know New York Times has got a lot more money than the Chicago Reader that's the first thing I noticed about that podcast yeah, but um, does she do sound effects? Huh? No. Like our host? No. Let's hear cat out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. oh, come on. Come on, Kara Swisher. You got to up your game a little bit with sound effects. Come on. Can we hear flag in the wind? <laughs> That's the ruffle. <laughs> Step it up, Swisher. Yeah. I won't just okay. turn the car around. I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out, and I'm going to make you walk home. My, oh my. Yeah. You know, Kara Swisher, you should have played that part to Lori Lightfoot. See what she said about that. 
By the way, can I just say something else, D, before you move on to whatever you're going to move on to? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Your, uh, I mean, your, your name's on the show, pal. Do whatever you want. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky Show. Speaking of which, I've, I've reached out to uh, our good friend, uh, Alderman Andre Vasquez. I don't know if you saw this, D, on Facebook. Uh, Andre Vasquez, the Alderman of the 40th Ward. Very good for knowing that, Dennis. Uh, who defeated Patrick O'Connor. God, D, you're good. Yes. Wow. Yes. Who who himself succeeded Ivan Rittenberg. Whoa! Oh, How do you know these things? God, I, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll stop showing uh, my rain main qualities. Anyway, he posted this, um, I don't know, what do you call it? I posted a post on Facebook of him shooting baskets. Did you see this? No. Um, I mean, uh, Andre, I always thought him as a rapper. You know, I had never thought of him as a basketball player i've never i've never talked basketball with him you know what i'm saying yeah just politics and really politics i don't know anything about rap uh no you do turns out what the heads yeah, true he's shooting jumpers and it must have been it was either selective editing or he's really good because i didn't see him miss a shot <laughs> <laughs> i'm leaning toward the selective editing part of the oh man but it, it was a call he says he's going to start uh in organizing games that pick up basketball uh, at courts in the 40th ward. And I sent him a text. I go, I'm with you. That's great. Cause what I didn't say, and uh, come on the show, let's talk about it. You know, but uh, the part that I really liked is this city has gone out of its way to discourage people from playing pickup basketball in the parks. And as a guy back in the seventies and eighties did a lot of basketball playing in parks and enjoyed it. Uh, and actually hit a shot like once every five games and talked about it for about the next three weeks. Uh, I enjoyed it. And so, and I enjoy watching it even now, D when I uh, like riding my bike and I see a pickup game, I'll a lot of times just stop, sit down under a tree and watch the basketball and comment to the other oh, watchers. Boy, the I'm sure they love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's that old guy watching us? <laughs> They're not creeped out at all. No, I go, you know, back in the day, I would have blocked that shot. <laughs> but it's back in the day. Of course, my knees shot. Anyway, I encourage them to do it. And I think uh, the city is, you know, starting with Daly and moving on with Rom and Lori Lightfoot. They're always taking down hoops. You know, they don't want, oh, you know, this is bad. You know, well, this is, this is not good. This will lead to crime. I don't know. Maybe you want to organize it maybe a little bit. Like, hi, oh, this is a radical suggestion. Instead of just taking down the hoops, why don't you pay somebody from the neighborhood who knows everybody in the neighborhood to sort of like, you know, run the hoops. You know what I mean? Like at the tennis courts, you do that at tennis courts. Like people, you come in, there's a guy running the tennis court. You do that for golf. You know, why don't you just do a more informal neighborhood process where guy gets paid to run the game? All right. Who are the next five? Who are the next five? Let's, you know, oh, 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 can't do anything to encourage people to play basketball in courts. wonder why. Anyway, what Andre, Andre's appeal was so against the grain of Chicago that I immediately sent him a text going, good for you, Andre. And by the way, very impressive jump shot. <laughs> no. Did not know. I got to watch this. I got to watch yeah. this. You know, and he has a kind of unusual, it's like a two-handed set shot type thing going. So clearly he was never taught how to shoot a basketball. But which I'm, I'm just saying I'm the same way. You know, I never was taught how to shoot. And all the millennials made fun of me. Oh, my God. Look at that old, old Ben. <laughs> uh, but and 
Uh, shout out to Andre Vasquez D. Uh, and it, I'm just thinking about Lori. Like, wasn't it Lori Lightfoot who went to the basketball court and told the guys that were hooping, "I'm going to tell your grandma or yeah, whatever." Yeah, Remember yeah. that one? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I just that's that was the tangent. That was before she allowed hundreds of thousands of people to gather together. <laughs> yes. So you don't understand, D. Four hundred thousand Lollapalooza patrons equals five random guys playing backs basketball. Okay, you got that, D? You and, got that? And a ton of people buying bongs, apparently. Yes, yes. Oh, the bong sales are going through the roof, Madam Mayor. Yes. Find him awkwardly watching your next basketball pickup game, Ben Jarofsky. Don't worry, he's just critiquing how you're playing. Nothing <laughs> creepy going on there at all. Hey, let's get those hands up on defense. <laughs> Who's that guy? Can you get him out of here? <laughs> Love basketball. Love basketball. All right. And uh, we got to mention it. Uh, you know, Ben, I'm going to, uh, in one word, explain how you feel about the latest transactions uh, from the Chicago Bulls this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's three words. That's it? Oh, my God? Uh, 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 I, yeah, I, what's the one word? Um. I guess enthusiastic. I I'm so excited. And by the way, we're going to do we have a whole talk about Benji the bookie who is very critical of the Bulls moves. And he knows like I have to confess, he kills me whenever we make bets. So clearly he knows more. I'm from my heart. I'm like I bleed Chicago Bulls red. And last night at White Sox game was Bulls night, D. And and as a result, I was wearing my Bulls hat. I said, I'm wearing my Bulls hat because it's Bulls night. And Adolfo points out, Ben, you always wear a Bulls hat. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, so we'll be breaking down the uh, the pros and cons of what the Bulls have done. But I'm so enthusiastic because at least the Bulls are trying something new. And I, I think I said this on the show. A bunch of guys on the bowling team, we bought uh, season tickets together. It's a very complicated package, Dennis. I'm not quite sure which games I got or how much, but part of a season ticket plan so i'm very excited oh, wow. about the balls yes dang yes. that podcast yeah. host life huh <laughs> yep living large up there <laughs> in the 300 section but we're in the we're, we're in their arena day at least right. we're in the arena all right yeah, i got that podcast producer that. plan uh watching it from <laughs> someone's tv outside on the sidewalk no, <laughs> <laughs> well if you play your cards right to you, i might <laughs> have a ticket for you although i doubt it because as i understand it i don't know it's very complicated very complicated i'm not quite sure free on fridays i'm free on fridays all right now to the news in the city of chicago ben it's the week after Lollapalooza. we made it or did we i mean no one was wearing masks at the event wait do we still wear masks ben did you see the pictures did you see literally hundreds of thousands of people gathered together as covid cases were rising and did you see the picture of mayor lightfoot's medical pro dr allison Arwadi at the event. No, of course he didn't, because apparently she went undercover at Lollapalooza. Yes. <laughs> this was my favorite Lollapalooza story of the week, and I told Dennis we got to talk about this. So I think it was on Monday, Mayor Lori Lightfoot held a press conference, uh, and of course the reporters were at that City Hall press corps. We're coming at her strong. Madam Mayor, why would you encourage so many people? in the middle of a pandemic, to congregate in Grant Park, uh, most of whom aren't wearing masks. Why would you do such a thing? And she pointed out, she said, uh, that 90%, 90%, that's 9 and a 0% of the people who attended Lollapalooza were vaccinated. 
And then that aggressive City Hall press car went, where'd you get that number, Madam Mayor? And it turned out she got it from a tweet. There we go. I mean, Twitter. (laughs) Twitter. Lollapalooza, the official Lollapalooza tweet. I don't even know who runs the Lollapalooza Twitter feed said it was 90%. And then the City Hall press car, you believe any old thing Lollapalooza says? My God. And uh, to which Lori Lightfoot said, oh, yeah? Well, check this out. Dr. Allison Awadi went undercover. That's Mission Impossible theme song from a movie long ago. She went undercover to try to get in to Lollapalooza without a vaccination card. Guess what, D? According to Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Allison Awadi could not get into Lollapalooza. Therefore, therefore, she concluded that the process to guarantee that only vaccinated people get into Lollapalooza worked. Well, Dave, I don't know about you, but that's enough for me, right? That that's Done. all I need. To Done. When I read that. And I was like, well, wipe the sweat off. because That lady with the Groucho Mark glasses didn't get in. Awesome. Well, you remember the public service announcement they did uh, before the pandemic returned? Remember that one day where uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Dr. Uh, Awardi were sitting around? Where were they? I forget, I forget where they were sitting. I think it was on the lakefront. Uh, and they said, woo, woo, it's good to go. We're going to really have fun. And oh, they, were yeah. dressed, they were dressed like in... Uh, ah, hipster clothes so maybe that's what she wore the problem with that is everybody saw that public service announcement so the person at the Lollapalooza gate is like oh here comes that Arwadi lady I recognize that outfit from your public service announcement and then they go you can't get in and Arwadi got on her cell phone and called Mayor Lori Lightfoot and goes boss it worked woo woo Chicago voters everywhere nodding their head. Then it worked. That's our mayor. We're going to vote for her again. But she's tough. <laughs> Except for with Lollapalooza. Not so tough with Lollapalooza. Dude. Well, rumor has it she uh, wore her Halloween costume uh, at Lollapalooza as a disguise. <laughs> you remember that Halloween <laughs> costume? Uh, yeah. The, the Rona exactly. Destroyer, I believe it was. Uh, that, yes. That, was that Arwadi wearing it? Yeah. Man, what a, what a health and, director. And Lori. Know. And Lori. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they go, oh, he was wearing. <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. Uh, yeah, well, that they, they didn't let her in because they thought she was weird. <laughs> Forget the. Anyway, so. Uh, it was a questionable decision uh, to have Lollapalooza, but let's face it, folks, there was a lot of money on this table. Hotels that had guests coming in from out of town, uh, marijuana dispensaries that wanted re- to sell reefer, uh, Lollapalooza organizers itself. Uh, it was just four weeks ago that everybody was saying the pandemic's over, <laughs> you know, and uh, Lori Lightfoot, I'll, somewhere in the back of her mind said, uh-uh. I'm not calling this baby off. It's full speed ahead on this one. Let's see what happens. There's too much money to turn down and just too much inconvenience. You can imagine all the Lollapaloozers complaining, D. If you know what I mean, yeah. then she'd be getting it from Lollapal whatever they are. Lollapaloozers. Yeah, that's what they are. Lollapaloozers. Yes, hippies. 
Not hippies, man. No, you're down. You're 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 being mean to my beloved hippies. I looked at that Lollapalooza oh. crowd. I see one hippie there. Okay? Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. They're like, I don't know what they are. They're young. They're kids, man. They're you twenty years ago. Okay. So yes, public events have returned to the city of Chicago. Ben, even the Bud Billiken parade is making a return. Governor J.B. Pritzker and Chicago Mayor Lightfoot are among the big political names lined up to take part in the August 14th Bud Billiken Day parade, which was canceled last year due to the pandemic. The Southside Parade was started 92 years ago to celebrate the start of the school year. That's still the theme, but over the years, the parade has become an important stop on any political campaign. Ben, I'm calling it right now. Twenty bucks says this thing gets canceled by next week what do you think i think so i think so um i don't know see okay so i was at the white Sox game last night all right i wore my mask the whole time i left my house got on the train wore on the train wore on the platform uh when i exited the train wore it on 35th street as i walked to the park wore it as i went into the park only took it off the when i was sitting in my seat next to uh, adolfo who was vaccinated and there weren't, it wasn't really crowded where we were sitting. So I was, there were like, weren't people hovering over me. So I didn't feel in danger. Right. And that's a building, yeah. you know, access into a building, a parade. There's really like not access into anything. Is yeah. There? So I don't know why I feel like a parade. There's going to be more distancing, any parade, even the same, pa- any parade, uh, than uh, Lollapalooza where we're in a mosh pit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, that's what they do. They just go cheek to cheek or like with, with the bucks. That was a little scary in the, if you watch the, the crowd of Milwaukee bucks fans from a couple of weeks ago, remember that? Do you, the oh, NBA yeah. finals? Oh yeah. And uh, they were all cheek to cheek in the deer. What do they call it? The deer lot. I'm trying to think of what they call it. I can't, the deer den. No, I don't know. It's deer something. <laughs> deer prudence. I don't know what they call it. Anyway. Uh, that's an old Beatles joke. The deer district. The deer, very good. Did you just think of that? Or yeah, yeah I just thought of it. Oh, yeah. I'm in right here by right. myself. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like he, the, our producer has producers assisting him. Uh, what do you think this is? The Jimmy Dore show? There's just the two of us. Uh, and uh, so, uh, yeah, the deer's there. That was a little nervous. So I think, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to, you know what? Let's take the bet. What, what the yeah. hell? I say the prey goes on. All right. I'll seriously do that bet. I can afford it. All right, here we go. Uh, on to a oh, yeah, you make more money than I do these days. Of course you can afford it. Sorry for that. Let's take that one out of the... Oh, no, we'll keep it in. Now to a developing story. And you would think that the mayor learned a valuable lesson last year from the botched raid of one Anjanette Young. That lesson, ducking, dodging, and quite frankly, lying to the media will eventually come back and bite you in the ass. You would think that. You would think, right? Well, now it's Lightfoot and the Lifeguard. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times, Fran the Woe Man Spielman, and Lauren Fitzpatrick. Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Thursday refused to say whether Park District Superintendent Mike Kelly should keep his job after waiting six weeks to launch an investigation into a female lifeguard's complaint of sexual harassment and physical abuse, breaking his promise 
to her and potentially violating Park District rules. At an unrelated news conference, Lightfoot was asked repeatedly if Kelly should be disciplined or fired for promising a young woman he would immediately investigate her complaints uh, of rampant abuse at Oak Street Beach, but then waiting six weeks to do so, he did not act until after a second complaint alleging sexual assault was forwarded to him by the mayor's office. Uh, Lightfoot's reply implied the problem already was solved, saying, quote, the Park District earlier this year took a number of steps to address the issue in that particular program, such as renewed training and getting rid of people that were problematic. So I feel like they've taken the steps that are necessary, but we can never rest on issues like this. Pressed again about whether waiting 41 days was her idea of an immediate investigation, Lightfoot reverted to now familiar talking points about the lifeguard scandal that has been brewing at the Park District for months, with the allegations going back for years and involving for now 15 women. Uh, one more quote from Lightfoot here. She said, quote, as I said before, any time there's an allegation that a child has been violated in any way, everyone has to be immediately focused, taking it seriously, investigating it, and making sure that that child is taking out of harm way, period. Uh, Lightfoot sounding as if she were trying to straddle the line between a concerned parent and a mayor defending the Park District boss she inherited and decided to keep. Yes. By the way, let's give a shout out to Dan Mialopoulos. He's been all over the story. Sometimes, come on. When you do a story, when, uh, you're, you should give a shout out to another reporter who did an outstanding job. You stop pretending as though you're the only one doing the story. Danny Mialopoulos has been all over this. And he was going to come on the show yesterday to talk about it, but he had to go downtown to this press conference, D. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, she knew Danny was coming on. She goes, I know what I'll do. I'll call a press conference when he's supposed to be on the Ben Jarofsky show. That'll teach that old hippie in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, this is outrageous. And I do want to uh, give a shout out to Fran Spielman and Lauren Fitzpatrick for, uh, you know, continuing this coverage. More people should be writing about this. Uh, and it's just outrageous, D. And you're absolutely correct. Uh, they, the city never learns. And so it's just like sweep stuff under the carpet. That's Chicago. Sweep it under the carpet. If you have to do a payout, do the payout. And let's hope no one's paying attention. And then, you know, God forbid, you know, oh, my God, if a Republican does something, that's outrageous. That's terrible. Donald Trump. But when Democrats do it, mm -mm -mm, see nothing, no, nothing here, nothing. It's just it's sickening, these allegations about what was going on uh, at the park district with the lifeguards. They're getting away with it for, I don't know why. I don't know what the culture is. I do not know. I'm not, I've never worked as a lifeguard. I've never hung out at the lifeguard shack. So I really, I know nothing about the culture of lifeguards. Uh, Danny Mialopoulos has also done stories about uh, assaults or harassment in Evanston, my beloved hometown. So apparently there's like a culture of lifeguards, D, which is kind of sick and twisted. And uh, the people who run the Park District of Evanston and Chicago are apparently looking the other way. And and here's the, I'll tell you something else. I went from Fran Spielen's story today and Lauren Fitzpatrick's story. I'll quote, this is how it closes. Park District Board President Ava Slavelle has not returned repeated phone calls seeking comment. Vice President Tim King did not respond to messages left by telephone and on his Urban Prep Academy's email account. These are appointees. Why don't you respond? To the reporters asking you about this, that you see what I'm saying, D. This is it's like people go, Ben. There'll be chaos if we have an elected school board. Maybe there'll be more accountability. You know, people who are elected will not just hide. You ever try to get the an appointee 
to comment on something around town, they get so nervous and you get a call back from the press secretary or the press officer. Oh, what, uh, Billy Bob on the school board is, uh, we got your message. What is it that you want to ask Billy Bob? Well, what is it to you what I want to ask Billy Bob? What, what, <laughs> why do I have to go through you to find out, to let Billy Bob know what I'm going to ask? So clearly at the park district, accountability is not a factor. They've been sitting on this story for a long time, and it's only because Dammy Alopoulos, a bulldog over at WBEZ, won't give up on it. And Fran Spielman at the Sun-Times and Lauren Fitzpatrick at the Sun-Times have picked it up. And God bless all of them. That's the only reason. That's the only reason that they're providing what meager responses they are. They got this bizarre, twisted culture among lifeguards. And they don't want to acknowledge it. Just want to sweep it under the carpet. So, yeah, I was a little disappointed to put it Molly that uh, Lori Lightfoot would not be more vigorous in uh, championing, you know, investigations into uh, what's going on uh, at the park district. And so, anyway, we'll see. Danny Mahopoulos uh, apologized to for missing the show yesterday. He's going to be back. We'll, we'll get him back on and take a deep dive in this subject. Thank goodness. So, obviously, this isn't going to be the last we hear this story, right? No, it's not going anywhere. Mahop, Dan, you know Dan. He's a bulldog, so he's not giving up on it. And Lauren Fitzpatrick, who's an investigative reporter over at the Sun-Times, she's not going to give up on this either. So it's good. That's why you need a, pre- a free press, folks. I make fun of WBZ all the time. You know that, D. We make fun of it all the time. But they got some damn good reporters over there. Sarah Carp with an outstanding story. Uh, and the bright one that she did it together with uh, Nader Issa at the Sun-Times about special ed. So I'm going to put aside my making fun of BEZ for the moment. And, well, say, and you know, <laughs> you say we make fun of them, but the joke is that they do a really good job and that we don't. That's the joke. Yeah, really. So we're really making fun of ourselves, BEZ. Yeah, you know that. what I mean? Like, that's, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they do a real professional. The joke is that you're very couple, professional. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's a good point, D. That's an ex- excellent point. And I always tell first-time rookie guests on the Bendrowski Show, uh, th- guys, just going to tell you right now, this is not W-B-E-Z, okay? So it's going to be a little could, could be a little funky, but it'll all work out in the end. <laughs> There's a word for it. I want to funky. Sure that. Yeah, funky. And not like, uh, you know, so yes, the music funk, one. just like funky, you know what I mean? Yes, just funky. Not that right, really cool James Brown songs from the nineteen seventy. Yeah, not yeah. that kind of not Bootsy Collins playing bass. No, not that kind of funky. No, like funky, like awkward, you know what I mean? All right. Uh so oh, Jay Marie on the live stream chat. She says, Ah, oh, I've missed the whole show. Oh, Ben, catch Jay Marie up. Let her know what we've been talking about. Well, Jay Marie, I gave you a shout out. <laughs> I gave you a shout out, Jay Marie, for chastising me, voter shaming me. We had a whole section on voter shaming. And I gave you a shout out because you voter shame me all the time for voting for Lori Lightfoot. So uh, that's it. That's no just... recap of what she missed. Dennis, you know, this is a short term memory <laughs> test. And you're asking me what I talked about 10 minutes ago. That falls under the category of short term memory. I know I talked about, oh, I came up with a great name, Lala Hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that Lala Hypocrisy. Oh, and, oh, tough guy mayors. Andrew Cuomo got ripped on the show today. Rip. Hold on. Here's the sound of Hold on. Oh, boy. 
Here we go. WBZ. Check this out. Yeah. YouTube, New York Times. <laughs> you go, yeah, we talked about Kara Swisher of the New York Times in her interview with Mayor Lori Lightfoot. So there you go. I, I, Jay Marie, just hit rewind. I'm pretty sure you can do that on here. And if not, uh, download the show, chicagoreader.com, wherever else you download podcasts. Are you going to say yes. something? No. I oh. say anything. All right. Well, I guess it's time for our last story here. It's another episode of everyone's favorite Chicago <laughs> political daytime soap opera, episode 623 of A Mayor and Her Alderman. A Mayor and Her Alderman. <laughs> Thank God. Science is back, baby. <laughs> In today's episode of A Mayor and Her Alderman... <laughs> We talk about Alderman Walter Burnett Jr. Ben of what ward? 27th. Oh, God, what a nerd. (laughs) Walter Burnett Jr. and his wife, Darlena Williams Burnett, for years have been claiming... Oh, by the way, this comes from the Chicago Sun-Times, and boy, my computer is slow. Uh, I know it wasn't Fran Spielman. My computer's freezing up here. I think it was Novak. Uh, Tim Novak. Oh, Tim Novak. Yeah, Tim Novak and Lauren Fitzpatrick on this story. All right. Uh, a couple of dog, investigative bulldogs there, D. Watch out. Uh, Alderman, Alderman uh, Walter Burnett Jr. and his wife uh, for years have been claiming two homeowner property tax exemptions, one more than Illinois law allows. Records show taking the extra tax break, which the law limits to one home that people own and occupy as their principal place of residence. Uh, it saved them around uh, nearly $3,000 over the past four years. It's unclear how much more they saved going back to 2013. Available public records show the longtime near West Side alderman and his wife, who've long bought and sold properties on the West Side, claimed the double tax exemption the past eight years on a home in the 1600 block of West Warren Boulevard, where they live, and on an investment property they own in the 4800 block of West Crystal Street. Ben, I've been doing this a long time with you, uh, reading articles about the shady doings of our elected leaders. I got to say, this is really low on the ladder. Yes, it's low on the ladder, but it's um, it's it, it's going to grind people's gears. Uh, to quote one of your favorite people, and that's because uh, the property tax. CD, you're a renter, so. Uh, you pay, and effectively pay the property tax that gets passed on to you in the form of higher rent. But as a renter, you never see the property tax. So you don't have the sticker shock. And I could tell you, I've owned this, I've lived in my house since 1985. And that sticker shock is a mother beep. And um, it, it really is just, it's like, wow, oh God. And they're coming out again soon. The second installment, they come in two installments. Uh, renters out there and you guys are blissfully ignorant of this kind of envy you in some ways you know um but what everybody knows absolutely everybody knows you can only claim one deduction because you only have one home you may have other properties you may be like bruce rauner and have like 11 former governor of the state of illinois yay for our teachers Good, good. D. That's quick. That's good. Uh, 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 reefer bed. Uh. You you may have eleven properties, investment properties, what have you, but you only can claim one home. Bruce Runner, he did this D, and he had a uh, his his main home, big mansion in I think it was Winnetka. I think it's Winnetka, and then he had his downtown. 
I think it's condo downtown, one of two, he claimed. So if you claim, uh, if you claim you get a deduction, you pay less in taxes. Uh, if it's the tax on your home, the idea being that if you, you should not have to pay, uh, you should not be penalized for buying a home in Chicago. And most likely the property tax is rising at a higher rate than your ink salary. And I can tell you that's definitely the case for me anyway, for most people. So it may not seem like a big deal, D, for a lot like renters, but if you get that property tax and you hear that some alderman is getting deduction that he knows he shouldn't have been receiving, it kind of grinds your I, gears. You know, I, I, I think it's a big deal, but just compared to like, I don't know, Ed Burke, you know what I mean? This is like, Absolutely. you know, low on the uh, pole of shady Chicago stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, it's If I had to rank this, between shaking down a Burger TIF recipient tea. for <laughs> forcing him to exchange that TIF money he's getting, which he probably didn't deserve in the first place because it was a downtown TIF, just saying city of Chicago, exchanging that TIF for hiring Burke's property tax firm, which would get you a property tax break. By the way, don't get me started, D. I'm gonna, I put next week's column about the Trump Tower and the breaks they've been getting. Speaking of Ed Burke, don't get me started on Trump Tower. So, yes, D, I think you're absolutely correct. It's more outrageous that Ed Burke would use his position as finance chair overseeing every single TIF deal in the city of Chicago to force, allegedly, very important I say allegedly, force some TIF recipient to hire his property tax appeal business. Yes, that's worse than Walter Burmett going, oh, wait, I'm only allowed to do this once? I can't claim this deduction twice? I didn't know. <laughs> who, who am I imitating? Uh, oh, that's the, the butter cow. I didn't know since 1922. So, yeah, the it grinds my gears, but I must confess, you're right. Ed Burke shaking down the TIFF guy is worse. And the Burger King guy. Let's not forget the Burger King guy. He shook him down, too. Man. <laughs> Ed Burke, he turns you upside down. He shakes you. Clean up your act, Chicago. Uh, Jay Marie on the live stream chat says, Burnett is my alderman, unfortunately. <laughs> and she puts, lock him up. Jay Marie, come on. <laughs> come on, Jay Marie. Jay Marie did not know you lived uh, on the north side or the west side. Uh, Walter Burnett's got that long, twisting district. Used to be, uh, Walter Burnett's district used to be concentrated, D, this, I know you know this, uh, around uh, Cabrini Green. But as they closed Cabrini Green down, they began to move him further and further west. So, anyway. Enough geography lessons for the day. So there we are, an aldermanic update. And also hot off the wire, this just in, Andre Vasquez is joining the City Hall three-point contest. Whoa! <laughs> Did you just make that up? <laughs> That's pretty good. I Did I just make that up? Do you think there's really a City Hall three-point contest? Well, I don't know. There might be. I mean, you know, this city, anything to distract us from <laughs> Walter Burnett claiming two deductions, anything to distract us from Ed Burke shaking down Burger King operators. I know what we'll do. We'll have a city hall. F they did a boxing thing, D, speaking of Walter Burnett. Oh, I don't know wow. if you remember. That was before your time. Oh, Walter wow. Burnett, it was a fundraiser, and he, who did Walter Burnett box? He, he got in the ring with someone. 
I can't remember who it was. This is years ago. The Park District, and they they uh, they had these big gloves, not just the regular boxing gloves, but the real big puffy ones to limit the pounding. It. And they all had to wear headgear. But still, D, have you ever boxed? Yeah. Boxing is no joke. It's like, that's very tough. So I remember uh, Walter Burnett back in his youthful days. I don't think Walter's doing much boxing anymore. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up on the fly here. Frank, Frank, who did Burnett box? Let us know. And we'll... <laughs> yeah, no, I can't remember. I really can't remember who he boxed. We'll try to report that at the end of the show. Uh, and there it was. Another episode of A Mayor and Her Alderman. <laughs> a Mayor and Her Alderman. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. If you think... Oh. We won't fuck you then. Who are you to tell me I'm full of shit? Oh, Raylo. Raylo, Raylo, Raylo. By the way, Kara Swisher, the New York Times, not, not, look, I'm just saying, if this funky old uh, podcast out of my attic in his apartment could come up at the drop of a hat with Raylo and Lori being rude to each other, you could have done it. I would, I think. Your New York Times listeners would have really enjoyed, you know, that exchange when you were talking about was the mayor out of line when she treats Alderman. That actually supports the mayor's contention that you got to be tough to run the city of Chicago. You got to deal with people like Alderman Ray Lopez. No offense. Uh, Ray, just pointing out uh, what you're about to say is offensive, regardless if you say no. Jay Jay Marie on the live stream chat says, never not funny. So true. Man, that's so funny. (laughs) With you, Jay Marie. Sometimes, Jay Marie, I'm walking down the street and I just think, I think, no no offense, but maybe you. Just absurd. Uh, our city our city ladies and gentlemen yes what a city our city and our state we're going to end it out with some statewide news uh ben we created a monster here uh boy people really love crops (laughs) and weather who knew you know what i mean uh so uh i promised it uh without further ado here uh i know ben you love this get your notebook and your Silly little pin there. Take notes. Uh, It's your Illinois crop report. Good God. From crop statistician Mark Schlesiner. Oh. Oh. 49% of acres have reached the doe stage compared to 44 normally. 6% of corn acres were rated very poor to poor. 26% were fair. And 68% of Illinois corn acres were rated good to excellent. That is better than the previous week. 59% of Illinois soybean acres are setting pods compared to 52 normally. Soybean conditions were reported as 7% very poor to poor, 26 fair, and 67% good to excellent. That is also better than the previous week. So boring. What was I don't know. Do you didn't get to the peach part of it? We've been doing, you know, I'm worried about the peach picking. Well, that's coming up. I've been approaching the the state government about this, getting a a peach update on here, and uh, we wanted you to do that. And without further ado, (laughs) the man you've all been waiting for. Yeah, we've been talking news, whatever. Yeah, Lightfoot. Get to the weather report from Trent Ford. You people are freaks. Why do you like this guy so much? It's our weekly weather summary (laughs) from... (laughs) Like I said, we created a monster here, man. 
from Mr. Trent Ford. Take it to the house, sir. <laughs> Illinois State Water Survey at the University of Illinois Prairie Research Institute. This is Illinois State Climatologist Trent Ford. We saw some very pleasant weather across the state this week. Average temperatures range from the mid-60s to low 70s statewide, between 4 and 8 degrees below normal for this time of the year. We're pausing it right now. We're... 2020 normal. No, no, we're not. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to try and make it through this whole thing, all right? We're going to try and make it through the whole entire thing. We've done all the news. People love it so much. Here we go. Beneficial to ongoing drought conditions. Chicago's O'Hare Airport only recorded 1.9 inches of rain last month, about 50% of normal. Farther north, much of Lake and McHenry counties have now experienced only about 50% of normal rainfall going back to the start of the year. In response to continuing drought, the U.S. Drought Monitor has maintained moderate to severe drought from Stevenson to Lake counties across northern Illinois. Who knew? Looking ahead, forecasts call for a rapid warm-up through this weekend and into next week. Rapid warm-up. The heat and humidity come back as temperatures are forecasted into the high 80s and low 90s across the state, with heat index values approaching 100 degrees in northern Illinois and exceeding 100 degrees in southern Illinois. However, forecasts also call for possible rainfall relief across northern Illinois, with forecasted totals ranging from 1 to one and a half inches over the next seven days. Interesting. It's worth noting that it's still early August and this rainfall will come as scattered to isolated storms. So there'll be a few folks who get quite a bit more than what's forecasted and unfortunately folks who will get quite a bit less. Farther out, outlooks from the Climate Prediction Center show strongly elevated Ten odds seconds. of warmer than normal conditions <laughs> sticking around through the middle of August and saw the elevated odds of drier than normal conditions over the same time period. This is Illinois State Climatologist Trent Ford wishing everyone a happy, healthy weekend. We did it! Yeah. It's worth noting I like that part where he goes, it's worth noting, and then whatever it was worth noting. Yeah, look for that uh, in the next Ben Jarofsky column. It's worth I, uh, noting. I, it's worth noting. I'm going to, I'm going to, Trent Ford, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to steal it, use it, not give you any credit. That's how I roll. Uh, it's worth noting. <laughs> Readers everywhere go, oh my God, he's brilliant. Uh, it's our worth host, noting. Our host, the plagiarizer. Uh, I'll try to give you uh, credit for that one, Trent Ford, if and, I remember. And before we end it here, Frank came in uh, at, the, at the last minute for us here. He knows. He looked it up. Who boxed Walter Burnett? Ben, take some guesses before we announce who it is. I think if you thought about it, I think you'd know who it I is. I want to say, uh, okay, now this is really stretching my memory. I want to say Danny Solis participated uh, in that uh, boxing match. It was like, all it was a rumble on the lakefront. I think that's what they called it. I'm really going back in time. And so I'm going to go with Danny Solis, former alderman Danny Solis. Danny Solis, is that your final answer? Yes, sir. Okay, well, you're wrong. It was Ricky Hendon. No. (laughs) That's that's what Frank put. Ricky Hendon, Walter Burnett boxed. Wow. Rick, uh, my, my, whoa. The guy that I'm sort of uh, buttering up these days because he's going to make all that money selling his uh, uh, cannabis license and then donate to the Ben Jarofsky show. That Ricky Hendon? No, no we're going to buy his cannabis license. Remember? Oh, yeah, right. I forgot that. Ben's hey, bong Jay- den coming soon. Jay Marie, that's what you missed. Dennis and I took all the nickels and dimes out of our pockets and put them on the table to see how much money we had so we could make an offer to Ricky Hendon so we can run his... Yeah, and most of that money came from me. I'm making more money than Ben. It's called Ben's Bong Den. It's coming soon, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Ricky. Come on, Ricky. Let's cut a deal in Chicago. <laughs> Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews like that wild rodeo that was the Jimmy Dore interview, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y, or wherever else you download podcasts. Subscribe. If you're subscribed, 
give us a review. And hey, five stars only, huh? Won't you do that? Uh, subscribe, check it out. Find us online at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com, B E N N Y, the letter J Show at gmail.com. Leave us a email and there's a good chance that we will read that email on the program if you want us to and we do have a phone number it's true 708-658-4788 the number again 708-658-4788 reach out to the Ben Jarofsky show leave us a voicemail I hope people are still listening after we played the entire weather report but if you're listening (laughs) check it out leave us a voicemail and find us online all right, very good. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy in Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as everyone can tell you, back home in Alton, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everyone. I want an answer. I want an answer. I want an answer.